This is the Buffalo Blitz podcast on the built-in Buffalo Network, hosted by Peter DiBiase. And guys, welcome back to the fourth episode of the Buffalo Blitz podcast on the built-in Buffalo Network. You guys will be seeing this episode on Tuesday morning. We are recording this Monday night after the free agent frenzy that happened, not just in the NFL, but with also with the Buffalo Bills. And we are joined by one of the best members of the built-in Buffalo Network, and that's Akeem. Thank you for coming on, man. Peter, man, I, I really appreciate you for having me. I enjoy your work. I enjoy what you do, man. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be here on your podcast, talking free agent fr- uh, frenzy and, and Buffalo Bills with you. Yeah. And look, it was a, a free agent frenzy, not just for the Bills, but for the NFL. Obviously, we can kind of break it down first, but Isaiah McKenzie signed a two-year $8 million contract. The Bills signed Tim Settle to come in and play D-tackle. Roger Seffield came in to play guard. The Bills brought him in from Tennessee after cutting Daryl Williams. But we're going to start with Isaiah McKenzie. So, Akeem, I want to get your thoughts on the Bills bringing back Isaiah on that two-year, $8 million contract. Uh, I I love the deal. I love the deal for Isaiah McKenzie and for the Buffalo Bills. First off, uh, this is a guy that is a really explosive player, right? He's real shifty. He has a lot of speed. He gives he gives the Buffalo Bills uh, a deep threat that uh, opposing defenses have to worry about. And not only that, uh, we don't know what's going to happen to Cole Beasley. So before Isaiah McKenzie was signed, and being that Cole Beasley wants to be traded, the wide receiver room was looking real dim for the Buffalo Bills. But now we add Isaiah McKenzie, and I think is a it's an excellent addition because he is going to be more. I would think at least he's going to be more than a gadget player for the Bills this upcoming season because of the possible departure of a Cole Beasley. Exactly, and it was a two, reportedly a two-year, eight million dollar contract, but. It was only 4.4 million of it was guaranteed. So 1.25 million fully guaranteed and then only 2.175 million in 2022. And the cap hits are not that big. 2022 is a $1.8 million cap hit. And uh, 2023, it's a $2.5 million cap hit. So I feel like, and I completely agree. We don't know what happens with Kobe's. I bet you we might find out probably tonight maybe, or it has to be the next couple of days if Kobe's gets traded or what I think eventually gets cut because I just don't think it's going to be hard to try to uh, try to find a trade partner for Kobezi. But for getting a guy for that little bit of a cap hit with that little guaranteed money who is so versatile for the Bills, and I bet you, I bet you the reason they brought him back, and I don't know if you agree with this, Akeem, that they're going to use him a little more than they did last year. I, you know what? I completely agree uh, 100%, Peter. Uh, last season, 20 receptions, 180. 178 yards, one touchdown. He was only in on 24.3% of the offensive snaps for the Buffalo Bills this year. I think it's possible that that snap percentage and offensive production can can double this season because I think he's going to play a more important role in the now Ken Dorsey-led Buffalo Bills offense. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills also bring in another slot receiver because Isaiah McKenzie obviously is a a quote-unquote slot receiver, but I don't think we really have to label him anything because he could do so many different things. But he's not that type of slot receiver that Cole Beasley was that's going to like just find the open space and plant there. 
he's very he's very versatile and you saw the Patriots game and that's why that's the game that if you're going to go watch if you don't know enough about Isaiah McKenzie if you're going to go watch like what the peak of Isaiah McKenzie it has to be the Patriots game the second time around in New England this year because he was all over the field and I think getting Isaiah McKenzie on kind of those routes that kind of go from right to left and it's not a great football term right to left but mm-hmm. starts on the right side and just flies across the middle of the field. Basically, basically a slant route because I feel like you get Isaiah McKenzie going and you get him in space. He's mm-hmm. a tough guy to tackle. Most definitely, man. Most definitely. Like you said, those slant routes, those crossing routes with his type of speed and, and shiftiness, it could be a, a problem for, for defensive backs. And uh, I really like, I, I really like what, Isaiah McKenzie brings to the offense. And I agree with you 100%. I do think the Buffalo Bills are not done adding talent to the wide receiver room because if you look at the roster in, the, in terms of wide receivers, you have Stefan Diggs, you have Gabriel Davis, you have Isaiah McKenzie. Beyond those three, it's a lot of unproven guys. We 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 heard of Isaiah Rogers from Isaiah Hodgins and what he can do, but he hasn't proven anything yet. We have Marquez Stevenson, but he hasn't proven anything yet. It's a lot of unknowns beyond those three receivers. So I definitely think the Buffalo Bills will continue to look for and add pieces to the wide receiver room. Yeah, and I talked about last week, my last week episode was about Cole Beasley and what the bill, because the Cole Beasley news broke like, maybe a day before uh, my episode was supposed to come out. So I talked about Kobezi and I talked about a couple guys that maybe one guy in the draft that the Bills could replace with, that could be Jahan Dotson. And there's a ton of other guys you can go with if you wanted to take a receiver, even either in the first round or second round. And then I talked about Christian Kirk and then the Christian Kirk news breaks today that he was getting 80 plus million dollars. And I was like, I was like, okay. I was like, if we can get around the seven to $9 million, range i was like that'd be good because i thought that was christian kirk's value not the 17 to 21 million dollar value i forgot what the number officially ended at but it was just an absurd contract so like christian kirk was somebody i was like that you could bring in obviously we weren't going to bring him in for 20 million dollars a year that was an absurd but i agree the bills are going to have to bring in someone and i think that doesn't diminish the isaiah mckenzie signing and also doesn't and i know i went on twitter it wasn't a ton of people. I saw a couple of people like, does this mean the Bills are done? I saw, I forgot who it was. Does that mean the Bills are not going to draft a receiver or bring in another receiver? And I feel like that would be probably one of the worst things the Bills could do because the Bills are in a, a win-now mode, obviously. And right. not bring in another, either a proven veteran receiver that does something different than what our current receivers do, or you draft a receiver in the first, second, or third round. And I think I agree with you that the Bills are definitely going to be still in the market for – I don't know who exactly. They're not going to go pay big time money for a receiver, but they're definitely going to bring in a receiver. I I I would agree a hundred percent. Adding a, a another receiver, another weapon for Josh Allen. It's a it's a passing league, right? It's a scoring league. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't be opposed to that at all. And and we can't even forget about even the number two tight end position. I think. Oh, I think Ken Dorsey is going to he's going to mix it up a little bit more than Brian Dable did in terms of in terms of implementing his tight end. So I think Dawson Knox will be a, a factor. And I think there the Buffalo Bills will look at getting uh, a tight end two on a budget. No, I agree. I know Evan Ingram was kind of uh, tossed around a yep. lot of rumors a couple of days, a couple of days ago. But obviously, he went to Jacksonville. Basically, everyone went to Jacksonville on a one year, right. $10 million contract. And we weren't going to give $10 million to um, Evan, Evan Ingram. Ingram. So right. that, that would, we probably wanted him in the 
probably the two to four million range, which obviously if, if you're Emmer Ingram, why not just go to Jacksonville for one year, get the $10 million and move on with your life. So yep. that makes, that makes complete, um, complete sense. So moving away from Isaiah McKenzie, because obviously that broke a little earlier, we're talking about what broke this morning. Daryl Williams was officially released from the Buffalo bills. I believe the number, I just had the tweet and of course I lost it. Um, Six, I believe the bill saved around six million. I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember this. It came six, it was yep. six million dollars. The bills, yeah, yep. six point three million dollars. The bills saved, um, with the cap, and they also extended Mitch Morse, which, um, eventually lowered his cap hit from eleven point two five million to nine million. So that saved a couple million there, which mm-hmm. is huge. And I just want to know your thoughts on the cutting of Darren Williams, which led to the signing of Roger Sayfield. Well, you know. Daryl Williams, when he signed his contract last year, was a three-year, $18 million deal, I believe, for Mm Daryl Williams. At that time, he was playing the right tackle position, and the salary was warranted based on the position. Now that he struggled a little bit this past year at the tackle spot, the Buffalo Bills had some injuries along the offensive line where they had to kick him inside to guard. Now, all of a sudden, his contract, it looked a little... Uh, bigger than expected now that he's playing the guard position. So uh, I definitely think that this was one of those those cuts that the Buffalo Bills uh, uh, had to make based on the position Daryl Williams was playing now. And we can't forget bringing in a guy like Roger Saffold. Sometimes uh, guys want their own guys and want guys that they're comfortable with. Roger Saffold has a lot of familiarity with the new Buffalo Bills offensive line cro- coach, uh, Aaron Cromer. So I'm pretty sure Aaron Cromer was in Sean McDermott's ear, in Brandon Bean's ear for wanting to get his guy that knows his system and knows how he w- likes to coach his offensive line in the fold for the Buffalo Bills. So I think it was a financial reasons. And I also think that uh, the individual in terms of Aaron Cromer just wanted his guy to come to Buffalo. I completely agree. I think the biggest thing is, because I don't think Daryl Williams at right guard was a horrible right guard. I think he kind of did his job. He was a solid, um, solid overall right guard, but we paid him to basically be a mid-tier right tackle. So you're Mm -hmm. not going to pay right tackle money for a guy to play inside. That Mm -hmm. just... This is not a financially smart um, business decision. And bringing in Roger Saffold, I think he's, the rumor is, or the report is that, and this is what he said, he slides into the left guard position, which is mm-hmm. exactly what the Bills could need. Obviously, we still have up in the air what the Bills do on the right guard. Obviously, they kept Mitch Morse, which solidifies the center position. And the Bills online kind of almost solidified itself after a half a day of free agency just kind of missing that right guard. Maybe they draft a right guard. Maybe they bring back Ryan Bates. I know they tendered Ryan Bates, but yep. he obviously he has a chance to go elsewhere. Um, but they tendered him. I believe mm-hmm. it was around $2 million that tender was. So that could be a complete option. But that also could be an option where he could still be like that swing offensive line, like the backup left guard, the backup center, the backup right guard, because obviously injuries happen in the NFL. But mm-hmm. Darren Williams, business decision, a complete business decision. You couldn't pay him to play right guard or left guard. It just wasn't smart. And Spencer Brown obviously had his up and downs as a rookie, but he was a very good right tackle for a rookie. And obviously we believe he's going to get better. And under Cromer, I, I expect him to get better. Um, yep. But what, what are your thoughts on the Roger, Roger uh, Saffold contract? Because I think 
I believe he's more of a, he's a better run stopper, which I guess is a good thing because the Bills interior um, online this past couple of years hasn't been great, mainly in the guards position. And he's a big guy. He's 6'5", yeah. 325 to play guard. That is a big yep. guy. Yeah, man. Yeah, he 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 brings a, a, a nastiness. He brings a physicality to the Buffalo Bills offensive line. Not saying they didn't have it before, but I think they had it with Spencer Brown last year. And it's good to have it along the offensive line. But our rookie, probably uh, probably the most imposing player last year, probably wasn't enough for the Bills. So now you bring in this big imposing guy, six five. Uh, 320 something pounds and he's just a mammoth of, the, of a man right and we talk about uh, durability and you only as good as your availability uh, during the last six seasons he only missed about five games I know he's a little older he turns 34 this season but uh, I really like this move for the Buffalo Bills. It, again, familiarity with the offensive line head coach. And he, he, he understands that his window and the Buffalo Bills window is now. Uh, he was asked by a reporter, well, why, why, what was his decision for choosing the Buffalo Bills? And he said, I quote, I think it's because of how close I think they are to winning a championship. So that speaks highly of the Buffalo Bills, where they're at and where their organization is at right now. And um, I think this is a, a, a good match for the Buffalo Bills. If you're going to get rid of a guy like Daryl Williams, like you said, wasn't horrible, you better have a backup plan. And I think Roger Saffold was an was a, was a excellent backup plan for the Bills. Yeah, exactly. And it's finally good um, to actually have a free agent say or take less money to come to the Bills. We don't have to do what the Jaguars did today, overpay and overpay for solid NFL players, but not the money that they're getting. And I think that's a, a, breath, a breath of fresh air for a lot of Bills fans that went through the 90s, went through the drought. I was born in 2001, so I didn't go through the 90s. I was kind of young in the beginning of the drought, and then I experienced it basically past 2010 um, as I got older. But it was always we overpaid for free agents, and it feels good to not overpay for a free agent. And I think the Bills bringing in Roger um, Saffold, I think it just solidifies the O-line, but also gives you, a, like you said, a guy that's going to be a hard nose, that's just going to push people around. That, that wants to win. And we want players that obviously want to win. I know it sounds kind of cliche, but he wants to win. And he probably took – I don't think the money has come out yet, has it? No, I didn't. I was, look, I was looking around. I haven't seen any any numbers with, with the Roger Saffold contract. I'm assuming it's not something that we're going to look at and be like, oh, my God, like we have to go back on and re-record because how bad the contract was. I'm assuming <laughs> it, can't, it can't be more than 2 to $4 million a year. Do you agree? Uh, it's, you know what, it's, it's possible. It's definitely possible. But again, you never know. Um, Darrell Williams was slated to make 8 million this season. The bills saved about 6.3 by releasing him. Who knows if the Buffalo bills would give Roger Saffold, Roger Saffold up to that. Um, I'm hoping it was, it, it was as less as possible. No disrespect to his money or nothing like that, but, uh, yeah. I can't wait to see the contract details and when they come out for Roger. Yeah, I'm excited. So, Akeem, we got some breaking news. Well, guys, we were recording this on Monday night because we usually record Monday night. We post it Tuesday. I try to record as late as possible, especially because of today, because I want to make sure I don't miss any phrases because I know as soon as, Akeem, we're done recording, like some big news for the Bills is going to happen. But Harrison Phillips is going to the Minnesota Vikings on a three-year, 
$19.5 million contract. It was just reported at 8.35 p.m. by mm. Mike Garofolo. So we got to talk about that now because, obviously, I kind of wanted to shift over with the Tim Settle contract. Right. Or the bill signing Tim Settle. I think we got to start with Harrison Phillips. I loved Harrison Phillips coming out of Stanford. Mm-hmm. I thought I was uh, disappointed, when, obviously, when he tore his ACL. But I thought he was very good the second half of the year. He might have been a best run stopper. Mm-hmm. Sad to see him go on a three-year, $19.5 million contract. I, I, yeah. I, 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 it was just probably too much money for the bill. So what are your, what are your immediate thoughts? Cause this just came out three minutes ago. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm sad to see him go. I think Harrison Phillips did a, did a, a pretty, pretty doggone good job for the Buffalo bills, especially the second half of the season. We're talking about a man that came from Stafford, um, that came from Stanford, uh, his second season, he was starting to come into his own for the Buffalo Bills right before he tore his ACL, right? Then all of a sudden he tears his ACL and what happened? The season after that, he had to, he had to get back into the swing of things. He had to develop trust for that knee. And usually when people, when players tear their ACL or have a significant injury, they play better the second year off injury as opposed to his first. So I'm, I wasn't surprised by his year three, looking a little sluggish, getting back that trust in his knee. And then last year, I think he really took off and, and started to come into his own, the healthier he got. And it seemed like he got healthier towards the end of the season and, um, the Minnesota Vikings got a got a good defensive tackle in Harrison Phillips, and I'm sad to see him go, but I'm pretty sure the Buffalo Bills, they recognized that from early. They knew that Harrison Phillips probably priced himself out of Buffalo being on being that the Buffalo Bills lacked that cap flexibility, and that's why we had to settle on a Tim settle. <laughs> yeah, and I got more Bills news for you right now. Okay. Corner- Oh, the Bills signed D-tackle Daquan Jones from the Carolina Panthers, a corner. According to Deanna Rossini, four minutes ago, Carolina Panthers, Daquan Jones will be signing with the Buffalo Bills per sources. I don't know a lot about Daquan Jones. Obviously, he's a former Carolina Panther, so that's going to be a fun Twitter thing because yeah. the Bills, uh, the Carolina, the, the Bills thing. I don't know a lot about Daquan Jones. Do you have any insight quickly on Daquan Jones? Uh, Daquan Jones, former Carolina Panther. Uh, uh, yes. I, I know he's uh what position did he play? Did he play? Um, he's a D def- tackle. He's a D tackle. Uh, another, another defensive tackle. Well, you yeah. know, the, you know, the Buffalo Bills, they, they love their D line rotation, you know? So, so um, yeah, exactly. so I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm just assuming he's a, another depth piece, another rotational piece. I'm not too aware of his game, but I'm definitely going to look him up and, and, and get abreast on, on Daquan Jones. Well, if you think about it, right? So they lost Harrison Phillips, the team, right? So obviously that's done. He's going to Minnesota on a three-year, $19 million contract. Yep. They bring in Tim Settle, D-tackle. They bring in Daquan Jones, D-tackle. You still have Ed Oliver. The future with Star is kind of unheard of. I think the Bills are kind of retooling that D-tackle position. Hopefully Daquan Jones is not another Vernon Butler signing because that was miserable. Um, So obviously yep. I don't want to give t- – I don't know enough about Daquan Jones to – give a full insight i'm trying to i'm trying to hopefully twitter can give me something as we are on the air but we can flip over to the tim settle contract so tim settle i love the tim settle signing i think he did not get enough snaps in washington and i think for washington the one thing they actually did like well as a franchise was draft on the d line him he him coming on a two-year deal didn't play a ton of snaps 
in general. But I just want to give let me know your thoughts on the Tim uh, Tim Settle contract because I think this guy's an absolute game wrecker that just didn't play enough snaps, and I think he's going to be good in a rotation because that's what he was in Washington. And like you said, uh, he was stuck behind, uh, you know, a, a, a very talented Washington defensive line. But when Tim Settle got a chance and got an opportunity to play and get on the field, he showed his flashes. We're talking about a kid who is who is uber talented at defensive tackle. He's only 24 years old. So um, I think the Buffalo Bills, it's possible that they could have got a diamond in the rough with, with Tim Settle. And I and I like the reunion and, and the camaraderie brought back with Tim Settle and Tremaine Edmonds, the former Virginia Tech, your favorite college team, which uh, former yes. Virginia Tech uh, Hokies. So um, I'm excited to see him play, man. Um, young kid, 24 years old. He still has a lot of room to grow. He still have a ton of potential. And I don't think he's reached the ceiling yet. So hopefully our defensive line coach, Eric Washington can, um, or is it Eric Washington? I'm, sc- I'm sorry, can help him uh, reach his ceiling. Yeah, Tim Settle, only on a two-year deal, which is, I think, a very kind of a prove-it deal. The money hasn't come out yet. But some right. things that I've read, I'm just gonna about Tim Settle. Settle never mm-hmm. played more than 33% of team's defensive snaps. His career high was 347. So he's a rotational guy, but he still finished the season with five sacks and 10 pressures in a very mm-hmm. limited role. So he kind of gets you kind of get your bang for your buck there. 33% of the team's snaps on defense and still had five sacks, which is would that have led the Bills last year? I think that would have led the Bills last year in sacks. Um, I think in 2020, I, it was in 2020. This was the stats. Oh, that was 2020. I think 2020. Last, last year, I think he would have been second on the team in sacks. I think Mario Addison had seven sacks last season, which is still, which is still absolutely nuts because right. Right. For, for a guy that played 33% of snaps and as a D tackle to have five sacks in 2020, um, the, the, basically the reported that he can play. He's a yes. big physical guy. I've watched some of the highlights on him. And he, he can get after you, and he's going to get after you. And I think another big guy up front, I think he fits exactly what the Bills kind of need up front because of the fact that we could not stop the run last year. Right, like, right. Consistent enough. And I think bringing in Daquan Jones, obviously that was just reported basically two minutes before, two, like halfway through our show. Right. And then obviously we knew about Tim Settle going into the episode. So that is that is something – Awesome. And with the Harrison Phillips getting signed, the Bills get a comp pick in 2023. So that's, I feel like, something nice. we haven't had in a while. I feel like we haven't right. had a comp pick. Obviously, it's 2023, but still, it's still, still something, some... it's something added, which is yes. nice. Definitely, definitely. Hopefully, Brandon Bean can 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 pull something out his out the hat and 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 make something of that pick. Yeah. And quick quick thing before we kind of wrap up the episode because we kind of dove into everything. Do you think the Bills add something else at the deep tackle position? Because you have Ed Oliver, you have Daquan Jones now that's reported by uh, Deanna Rossini, um, mm-hmm. and then you have, obviously, Tim Settle. Do we see them? And Star is still completely up in the air. That's mm-hmm. a that's a really... We don't know a lot about that. Do you, do we, do you see them adding? I don't, you don't have to give me a name, obviously. Do you see them like drafting another D-tackle, or do you see them adding another D-tackle? Because that would be four D-tackles. I'm not including Star in this at all. And they still can bring back Justin Zimmer if they wanted to. So right, right. Do we do we play this four D tackles make sense? I don't. You know what? It's it's really hard to say. I know I know uh, Harrison Phillips went over to Minnesota. I know uh, Fe Obada was a defensive end who 
who has some versatility to play defensive tackle at times. So yeah. pro- probably they, they, they're trying to make up for those guys that they lost. I don't think they're going to touch the defensive tackle anymore unless somebody they really want in the draft is on the board because we all know Brandon Bean and his philosophy is, is truly best player available. So if yes. they really if they really see a guy that they want, then maybe. But right now, uh, I, I, I just don't see it. We have Daquan Jones and Tim Settle and Ed Oliver and Starla Tuile right now. Uh, I, I think we I think we're I think we're pretty we're pretty set at the defensive tackle position. Exactly. And I agree, the best player available. So like if Jordan Davis gets some somehow, which right. I don't think this is gonna happen, if he's there at 25, no offense. I know we just praised Tim Settle, and I'm gonna do more, we're gonna both do more research on the Daquan Jones signing, but they those two guys should not stop you taking Jordan Davis. If he's your best player available, which at 25 be hard for the bills not to take jordan davis i don't think disclaimer i don't think he's gonna get the 25 I, I think he's gonna be too highly touted to get the 25 but for you know the draft draft gets crazy there's always a couple of guys that fall farther than i guess most experts quote unquote experts right say that they're gonna fall but jordan davis is there at 25 or the best player available at 25 on being in mcdermott's board as a d tackle you gotta go d tackle because you can't not have too many D tackles because Daquan Jones is 30. Obviously, right. Tim Settle's only 24, but Tim Settle's also more of an approve it, uh, approver contract. He's not like, it's not like yep. he's got a four year long term contract. So I think if a guy that Jordan Davis or Devontae Wyatt, somebody like one of those two guys are on the board at 25, you got to pull the trigger. If, if, if that's the guy Bean has on his board at the top of his board, if it's not, then obviously we live with Bean's decision. Yeah, most definitely. And me personally, I, I know there's a lot of different opinions on Jordan Davis. I love me some Jordan Davis. I if, do he, too. if he's on the clock at 25, we, we don't have to spend that 10 minutes, in my opinion. I'm running up to the podium. My pick is in and my selection would definitely be Jordan Davis. But seeing his combine, seeing a guy that's six, six, four, 340 pounds, uh, run a 4840 and, and impress with his agility and flexibility like he did in, in, in that mammoth of a body, I would be shocked if he's available at 25. Yes, I agree. And a quick note on the Daquan Jones contract. Uh, not the contract, excuse me, some of the stats. Jones had 23 pressures and a ca- yep. career high 69.4 pass rush grade in 2021. I like the sound of 23 pressures up the middle. I kind of yes. like that. That sounds yes. good. I, I I can get on board with the twenty three pressures up the middle. Yes, and it, and it's and it, it's crazy. As soon as you hear the signing of Harrison Phillips going to the Minnesota Vikings, Buffalo was proactive. A minute or two later, probably less, and 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 signed uh, Daquan Jones. So the Buffalo Bills, Brandon Bean, is being proactive with the money the, or the little bit of money he does have. Yes. And Akeem, before we got one more news before we sign out. This was an absolute, this was a, not a long episode, but an absolute jam-packed episode. John Feliciano is going to the Giants on a one-year deal. He's joining, mm. obviously, Dable, Shane, and Bobby Johnson, which that makes sense. That, 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 that makes complete sense, John Feliciano going to the Giants on a one-year deal. Yeah, it does. And, and you know, congratulations to John Feliciano. Uh, he's going to a place 
uh, with the New York Giants, with with a coaching staff or a head coach and an offensive line coach that he's familiar with. He's going to bring that nastiness and, and tenacity to, to the offensive line and, and give Daniel Jones that help that he gave Josh Allen several years ago. So I think that's a that's a solid addition for the for the New York Giants. I completely agree. So, guys, this was the fourth episode of the Buffalo Blitz podcast. And what an absolute jam-packed episode. Yes. News was news was flying at us. We obviously broke down the Isaiah McKenzie contract. We talked about the cutting of Darrell Williams, the restructuring of Mitch Morse, Roger Saffield coming in to play left guard, the pro bowler this past year, and the Tennessee Titans. Tim Settle signing to play D-tackle on a two-year contract. And then middle of the show, guys, Harrison Phillips, three-year, $19 million contract to the Minnesota Vikings. And right away after, which makes complete sense, the Bills bring in Daquan Jones, who had 23 pressures in 2021. So what an absolute jam-packed episode. Oh, and the Mitch yep. Trubisky uh, money just came out. Two-year deal with a base value of $14 million for Mitch Trubisky. Wow. Okay, nice. That is Happy, I'm happy he got paid. He, yeah. he, he did, a, did a year with us, and I, obviously we knew he wasn't coming back. That was a pipe dream if anybody ever thought he was um, coming back. But happy he got paid and happy we didn't give him that money. <laughs> right, right. And he landed in a good spot, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, yeah. Uh, pr- prestigious uh, program, prestigious NFL football team. Uh, ben Roethlisberger retiring. They needed a quarterback. Uh, Mike Tomlin has had a, a 500 record in each season as a head football coach, and he wants to continue his tradition as well. So Mitch Trubisky gives him uh, the best opportunity to do that. Yes, I completely agree. And Akeem, before we sign off for the episode, make sure, well, let, let everybody know where they can find you. Uh, you can find A. Rich, Akeem Richens. If you don't know me, please get to know me. I am the co-founder, along with my brother, DM3 of Built in Buffalo. Uh, you can find me each and every Saturday, Billsology, 9.30 p.m. on the uh, Built in Buffalo Network, which airs on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, we have a lot of different shows, a lot of different things coming out, a lot of surprises coming in the near future, so everybody stay tuned. Peter, I appreciate this show. It was an excellent jam-packed show, brother, and I hope you could do this again. Of course, man. Of course, guys. And guys, make sure you guys follow the Built-In Buffalo Network on every single social media platform, Twitter, Instagram, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. There's live shows basically every day, like Akeem show on Saturday nights. There's podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, like mine, every single day of the week. So if you just want to listen to Bill stuff, stuff on your way to work, we have it on the Built-In Buffalo Network. But guys, this is the Buffalo Blitz podcast. I'm Peter DiBiase, and we'll see you next Tuesday, guys. Have a good rest of your week. Go Bills.